Chapter Four of the House of Whispers by William Lacroix. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Something concerning James Flockhart. In the spreading dawn, the house party had returned from Conacan and had ascended to their rooms, weary with the night's revelry. The men with shirt fronts crumpled and ties awry, the women with hair disordered, and in some cases with flimsy skirts torn in the mazes of the dance. Yet all were merry and full of satisfaction at what one young man from town had declared to be an awfully ripping evening. All retired at once, all save the hostess and one of her male guests, the man who had entered the library by stealth earlier in the evening and had called Gabrielle outside. Lady Hayburn and her visitor, James Flockhart, had managed to slip away from the others, and now stood together in the library, into which the grey light of dawn was at that moment slowly creeping. He drew up one of the blinds to admit the light, and there, away over the hills beyond, the glen showed the red flush that heralded the sun's coming. Then, returning to where stood the young and attractive woman in pale pink chiffon, with diamonds on her neck and a star in her fair hair, he looked her straight in the face and asked, Well, and what have you decided? She raised her eyes to his, but made no reply. She was hesitating. The gems upon her were heirlooms of the Hayburn family, and in that gray light looked cold and glassy. The powder and the slight touch of carmine upon her cheeks, which at night had served to heighten her beauty, now gave her an appearance of painted artificiality. She was undeniably a pretty woman, and surely required no artificial aids to beauty. About thirty-three, yet she looked five years younger, while her husband was twenty years senior to herself, she still retained a figure so girlish that most people took her for Gabrielle's elder sister, while in the matter of dress she was admitted in society to be one of the leaders of fashion. Her hair was of that rare copper-gold tint, her features regular, with a slightly protruding chin, soft eyes and cheeks perfect in their contour. Society knew her as a gay, reckless, giddy woman, who, regardless of the terrible affliction which had fallen upon the brilliant man who was her husband, surrounded herself with a circle of friends of the same type as herself and who thoroughly enjoyed her life regardless of any gossip or of the malignant statements by women who envied her men were fond of winnie hayburn as they called her and always voted her good fun they pitied poor sir henry but after all he was blind and preferred his hobbies of collecting old seals and dusty parchment manuscripts to dances bridge parties theatres arrow shows at ranelagh and suppers at the carlton or savoy like most wealthy women of her type, she had a wide circle of male friends. Younger men declared her to be a real pal, and with some of the older beaux she would flirt and be amused by their flattering speeches. Gabrielle's mother, the second daughter of Lord Buckhurst, had been dead several years when the brilliant politician met his second wife at a garden party at Dollis Hill. She was daughter of a man named Lambert, a paper manufacturer who acted as political agent in the town of Bedford, and she was, therefore, essentially a country cousin. Her beauty was, however, remarked everywhere. The baronet was struck by her, and within three months they were married at St. George's, 
hanover square the world congratulating her upon a very excellent match from the very first however the difference in the ages of husband and wife proved a barrier ere the honeymoon was over she found that her husband tied by his political engagements and by his eternal duties at the house was unable to accompany her out of an evening hence from the very first they had drifted apart until eight months later the terrible affliction of blindness fell upon him for a time this drew her back to him she was his constant and dutiful companion everywhere leading him hither and thither and attending to his wants but very soon the tie bored her and the attractions of society once again proved too great hence for the past nine years gabrielle being at school first at eastbourne and afterwards at amiens she had amused herself and left her husband to his dry-as-dust hobbies and the loneliness of his black and sunless world the man who had just put that curious question to her was perhaps her closest friend to her he owed everything though the world was in ignorance of the fact that they were friends everybody knew indeed they had been friends years ago in bedford before her marriage for james was the only son of the rev henry flockhart vicar of one of the parishes in the town people living in bedford recollected that the parson's son had turned out rather badly and had gone to america but a year or two after that the quiet-mannered old clergyman had died the living had been given to a successor and bedford knew the name of flockhart no more after winifred's marriage however london society or rather a gay section of it became acquainted with james flockhart who lived at ease in his pretty bachelor rooms in half moon street and who soon gathered about him a large circle of male acquaintances sir henry knew him and raised no objection to his wife's friendship towards him they had been boy and girl together therefore what more natural than that they should be friends in later life in her schooldays gabrielle knew practically nothing of this man but now she had returned to be her father's companion she had met him and had bitter cause to hate both him and lady heyburn it was her own secret she kept it to herself she hid the truth from her father from every one she watched closely and in patience one day she would speak and tell the truth until then she resolved to keep to herself all that she knew well asked the man with the soft pleated shirt front and white waistcoat smeared with cigarette ash what have you decided he asked again i've decided nothing was her blank answer but you must don't be a silly fool he urged you've surely had time to think over it no i haven't the girl knows nothing so what have you to fear he endeavoured to assure her lady heyburn shrugged her shoulders how can you prove that she knows nothing oh she has eyes for nobody but the old man he laughed to-night is an example why she wouldn't come to conican even though she knew that walter was there she preferred to spend the evening here with her father she's a little fool of course jimmy replied the woman in pink but perhaps it was as well that she didn't come i hate to have to chaperone the chit it makes me look so horribly old i wish to goodness the girl was out of the way he declared she's sharper than we think and by jove if she ever did know what was in progress it would be all up for both of us wouldn't it who think of it 
if i had thought she had the slightest suspicion declared her ladyship with the sudden hardness of her lips i'd i'd close her mouth very quickly and forever eh he asked meaningly yes forever bah he laughed you'd be afraid to do that my dear winnie added the man lowering his voice your husband is blind it's true but there are other people in the world who are not recollect gabrielle is now nineteen she has her eyes open she's the eyes and ears of sir henry not the slightest thing occurs in this household but it is told to him at once his indifference to all is only a clever pretense what she gasped quickly do you think he suspects pray what can he suspect asked the man very calmly both hands in his trouser pockets as he leaned back against the table in front of her he can only suspect things which his daughter knows she said but what does she know what can she know he asked how can we tell i've watched but can detect nothing i am however suspicious because she did not come to conachan with us to-night why walter murray may know something and may have told her if so then to close her lips would be useless it would only bring a heavier responsibility upon us and but he hesitated without finishing his sentence his meaning was apparent from the wry face she pulled at his remark he did not tell her how he had while she had been dancing and flirting that night made his way back to the castle or how he had compelled gabrielle to go forth and speak with him his action had been a bold one yet its result had confirmed certain vague suspicions he had held well he knew that the girl hated him heartily and that she was in possession of a certain secret of his one which might easily result in his downfall he feared to tell the truth to this woman before him for if he did so she would certainly withdraw from all association with him in order to save herself the key to the whole situation was held by that slim sweet-faced girl so devoted to her afflicted father he was not quite certain as to the actual extent of her knowledge and was as yet undecided as to what attitude he should adopt towards her he stood between the baronet's wife and his daughter and he hesitated in which direction to follow what did she really know he wondered had she overheard any of that serious conversation between lady Hayburn and himself while they walked together in the glen on the previous evening such a contretemps was surely impossible for he remembered they had taken every precaution lest even stuart the head gamekeeper might be about in order to stop trespassers who attracted by the beauties of glencardine tried to penetrate and explore them and by doing so disturbed the game and if the girl really knows he asked of the woman who stood there motionless gazing out across the lawn fixedly towards the dawn if she knows james she said in a hard decisive tone then we must act together quickly and fearlessly we must carry out that that plan you proposed a year ago you are quite fearless then he asked looking straight into her fine eyes fearless of course i am she answered unflinchingly we must get rid of her providing we can do so without any suspicion falling upon us you seem to have become quite white-livered she exclaimed to him with a harsh derisive laugh you were not so a year ago in the other affair his brows contracted as he reflected upon all it meant to him the girl knew something therefore to seal her lips was imperative for their own safety she was their enemy you are mistaken he answered in a low calm voice 
i am just as determined just as fearless as i was then and you will do it she asked if it is your wish he replied simply good give me your hand we are agreed it shall be done and the man took the slim white hand the woman held out to him and a moment later they ascended the great oak staircase to their respective rooms the pair were in accord the future contained for gabrielle hayburn asleep and all unconscious of the dastardly conspiracy only that which must be hideous tragic fatal End of chapter 4